0: Hey everybody, my name is St. Hoover.
1: And my name is Farrell.
0: Welcome to Publisher's Clutterhouse, a Project 89 Media production. On this podcast, we talk about all things writing and usually things that are not related to writing. And that's Sigler telling you guys that it's time for the show. I'm pregnant. With a book. It's coming out this Friday. Woo! Welcome to Publishers Cluttered House. It's been a good couple of, uh, It's it's been a hot minute.
2: Mm-hmm. You know,
0: at least it feels like it's been a hot minute since we've been recording. Yeah. You've know, been getting episodes up because you're lazy.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I honestly took these last couple of weeks as a vacation.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, you kind of earned it and I took a vacation too. Which yeah. that'll be an episode in itself.
1: Okay, but we can record that after this one.
0: Maybe, Maybe. I'm tired already. You wanna just I don't know if I want to record this now. Do you want to stop for okay. okay? All right, bye. Ya, just as a general opener, what have you been working on?
1: Honestly more than um more than you think. Oh like great. I actually um I've been making some decent progress on um the um horror western. I finished outlining that.
0: Now are we talking the modern day one or okay. okay.
1: Yeah, the modern day one. The one I was thinking about shopping around, but you were like, no, I want this published here. Well,
0: because not it's that good. Not just that. i The publishers we talked about before, I don't think are really... How do I put this? They used to know what they were doing. Now they just sort of throw everything at the wall and see what sticks, but mm-hmm. even less so. Yeah. It, it's weird. It's weird.
1: Yeah, like we're not naming names. No. But anyway... um, yeah, so that's, I've uh, been thinking about that, and I've also been, um, I randomly got inspiration for my uh, comic series mm-hmm. last night, the one, the superhero one that I was working on around this time last year, but I shelved it because I just lost inspiration for it. Mm-hmm. Um, around the time I, um, no, it wasn't around the time I last worked on Champions of Rock because that was, before I finished Champions of Rock Shell, finally, that was Christmas. Mm-hmm. So, but this one was since last September. So I sort of, because I was working on the comic series, like the comic script, while I was still on Overnight. So, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I've been uh, working on that. Hopefully, um, I get, hopefully I make some progress toward like a full like first draft of all the issues.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Do I talk about what yeah. I do now?
1: Yeah, go ahead. your episode.
0: Nothing. <laughs> No, I've been I've been doing stuff, but this last week or so, I decided um, I was already, I was having a little bit of trouble keeping the writing going, and I could tell a quote unquote crash was coming. Mm-hmm. And uh, you were off work, and I knew that if you were off work, I'm going to be so much more tempted to just chill with you and watch TV. Yeah. So I decided... Well,
1: I mean, you're t- tempted to chill out and watch TV with me while I'm working, too.
0: Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I mean, at least depending on what you're working on, you can do that if you want yeah. to. Yeah. But the... um. <sighs> I'm still, I ran into two issues. One was that, you know, I was feeling a little bit, um, not overworked, but like over stimulated in my brain mm-hmm. and like I needed to disconnect from it. I was still doing well in the writing um, yeah. for one of the projects, which I actually, um, this Bigfoot book I've been working on, I finally um, did something I haven't done in a while and commissioned to cover for it. Mm-hmm. Usually I, um, I commission, I do my own covers. But um, I found this guy that had um, a pre-made one he was selling that um, I asked him, can you do this and this? And we agreed on a good price for that. And so that's in the back pocket whenever I finish this book. But the other book I was working on is the next Dencom adjacent book.
2: Mm-hmm. And no, I've
0: realized it's um, it's about another set of investigators.
1: Are either of them named Jason?
0: No, I don't believe so.
1: It's, it's Dencom adjacent.
0: Oh, I did. I thought we were making a Jason Bourne reference.
1: No.
0: I was like, he would my, Benedict would try and hire him. I don't think it would work, but
1: no, I was doing wordplay.
0: Oh, well, stop it.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: No, the it, it's about other investigators. And I realized that there were parts of my series Bible that are outdated. And when I was making certain changes, I wasn't going in and, and fixing that Bible. And so what I want to do now is I'm gonna put that project aside for a little bit, at least the parts of it that are, you know, major, like in the Dencom universe. Because mm-hmm. maybe like something like three quarters of this novel could exist without any other Dencom stuff in it. Yeah. And um, that amount is rapidly increasing with these rewrites.
1: Yeah, like it's, and this has been happening with a couple other year projects lately, where like it starts out, you know, this has almost nothing to do with Dencom. And then as you uh, keep going with it, oh, okay, Dencom's showing up, Dencom's showing up. Oh, this is officially a Dencom book.
0: It's it's more like as I'm progressing the story, I'm discovering that it's in that universe. Yeah. There's a... There's like a
1: that's happened yeah. with like two other books other than this one.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you're talking about the Pete Bow book, I always knew that. Yeah. To an extent that they were in the same universe. Yeah. But um, there's that Mojave Desert book I've been working on forever. Yeah that I knew could be adjacent when I was working on it. But um, there was a supernatural element that really wasn't working for me. Yeah, And I realized what I was really doing was taking all the Dencom stuff and rebranding it and mm-hmm. saying it's different. And I was just like, well, what's the point? Why not just say it's here? Because yeah. it's not necessarily going to change any of the major stuff I need to do if this is in the universe. There's another project or two like that as well, where they're going to be adjacent, but they're not going to be part of the main yeah. line of books that I would say are required reading. to Understand all of it, yeah. So they'll just be sort of little spinoffs that yeah. have have ties. You'll see say, similar characters, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: nothing else will be like required reading to enjoy one or the other.
1: Yeah, like standalones.
0: They'll be they'll be completely standalone, but you'll see some familiar faces. Yeah, um,
1: like if you have read the other books, you know you'll recognize some of the characters in like yeah. the background.
0: Yeah, because, like, the, the Mojave one, I think, takes place just before, um, in the years before Michael, mm-hmm. Um, and there's a tiny bit of crossover there, but not too much. But, so I decided to put the, the Dencom adjacent thing mostly aside, focus on the Bigfoot book, and that'll be my main project to wrap that this week, mm-hmm. so that I can then move on to secondary drafts and redoing certain things. Yeah. Um it's it's difficult to put that one project aside though because if um I if the schedule is being going to be kept to then that Dencom adjacent mm-hmm. would be the 10th book. Yeah. And I feel like that would be a great 10th book for me because mm-hmm. a lot of that was being thought of and existed before the Dencom sphere, the opus really took shape. Yeah. It was still a part of this big thing, but it wasn't attached.
2: Mm-hmm. But
0: like it it was existing before the rest of this sort of amassed and this is one of the last things to fall into place. So I'd like to see that as the tenth for me, but if the tenth is something else, then it's something else. Yeah. You know, that's kind of where I've got to look at it. But
1: well, speaking of things that are not den- Dencom, um, your new book, which is not yes, Dencom,
0: ten thousand treasures, in Asher Bryant adventure. This is the first book,
1: and it's not Dencom.
0: It's not Dencom, more or less.
1: And the focus of the series is that it's not Dencom.
0: Yeah, <laughs> the I don't want to describe it necessarily like that, but this sort of came about as. There's an investigator in the Dencom universe named Elliot Cloud who I wanted to give his own series. And I started thinking of stories for him and then I started to realize that so much of this contradicts what's already going on in the universe
2: mm-hmm.
0: that it just is this just wouldn't fly without some major major breaking of my own rules. Mm-hmm. Which there are certain rules I'm going to break in the series because that's part of what is set up in book two is this is a universe that can break its own laws, you know, at the drop of a hat because somewhere that's got to be possible. Yeah. But um, if, you know, because if the universe is infinite, then infinite possibility means the laws themselves will be broken, which may mean no infinite possibility. And there's only one. But for now, I'm saying anything and everything is possible that you can envision and what you can't. Yeah. Um, But only if you can envision is how it's possible. Anyway, anyway. But as I developed this stuff, I just sort of realized that this was not the same character that Elliot is, Elliot, who he's uh, he's mentioned a little bit in Hail to the King. Um, he's a, he's an extreme sports enthusiast, so like every book, he's always in a cast or something from <laughs> something he did between books. Like he does all this action stuff, and he never gets hurt, and then he shows up in a cast. It's like what happened to you? I skied into a tree. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, he's into more than just skiing. He's doing them like para... Not paragliding. <laughs> the, one, the one where you have like the wings on you and you fly down.
1: Hang gliding. No, not no, that's, I'll have
0: to look up what that's called. I've seen a lot of people start doing it. And it looks like you can basically be Superman. Mm. But you're, it looks like a big flying squirrel or something. Yeah. You, you know what I'm thinking.
1: Wingsuit skydiving.
0: The more I developed the character that I wanted for this other series, the more I realized, one, it's not even the same guy. This mm-hmm. is something completely different. The other thing I realized is I I really do want an outlet for these ideas that are in the Dencom style of, you know, cool action adventure fun stuff, but that can't necessarily exist within the quote unquote magic system of the DENCOM universe. Yeah. Just if if that exists, and that sounds
1: weird out of context. you know, it Dencom, does. There is there's, DENCOM has a magic system.
0: Dencom has a magic system, and it's simple enough to explain. It's given away in book two. It's basically just if you can imagine it it is possible as long as you accept that it's possible if you're sitting there thinking i can't actually do this and you won't be able to do it it's very basic
1: so it's run on the power of imagination
0: it's run it's run on the power it's run on the power of self confidence at times and imagination yes. and imagination um,
1: that that sounds super weird out of context.
0: And you'll start to realize that certain things that you you think are finite in the world, if you alter your own perception, they start to change,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and they can be what you need them to be. Yeah. But um, that's that's like basically saying like to to magic systems. That's basically just like saying Gandalf has a staff that does some stuff. Yeah. It's using this that other things occur.
1: I, it, it's just funnier to think that, you know, this whole universe is powered by, like, the vulture is powered by imagination.
0: <laughs> You're, I'm not, I'm not commenting on that one. <laughs> It's not powered by imagination, though.
1: Okay, well, it's like, you know, if Michael's like, how does this thing fly? How do we keep this thing afloat? Clap your hands harder!
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Clap harder! But so, I wanted to tell, like, all these other cool mysteries that I hear about, and not just, you know, atlantis and stuff which i do want to get to with this guy and explain Mm -hmm. um atlantis i don't even know if i'm ever gonna bring it up in dencom i don't know if atlantis is ever gonna get touched on Mm -hmm. um but i wanted somewhere else that was sort of an outlet that had a universe where these things could exist even if they contradict each other Mm -hmm. and um i also wanted a series where for the most part you could read any book in it and not feel like you're missing anything from reading the books before. Mm-hmm. I will say this, my usually my first books, I like to set up the team dynamic and say, this is how the team got together. Um, and then I can say, you know, okay, you can go to any one of these. Um, so So, i would say you
1: read the first book and then like then you can read any or all yeah
0: like this is going to be a stupid example but the first episode of spongebob shows you how he got to work at the Krusty crab after that you can watch basically any episode of spongebob as long as you accept that characters probably came from other episodes that are back again Mm
2: -hmm.
0: you know and it's that's still kind of my goal is i mean if somebody wants to pick up whatever book three and four are gonna be or ten or whatever i plan to do here because this is going to be endless is my plan yeah. Um, because
1: Dencom does have an end.
0: Yeah, Dencom has a finite end. This, mm-hmm. this I set up a finite end, but it's like this distant thing that, you know, basically it's the sort of ending I can say in a certain book, like this is how your story ends, but before this, you have basically endless possibilities. Mm-hmm. So basically, like if I die and the series is still popular, people can know what I wanted to have happen to wrap it up. Mm-hmm. So, but um, but that's more, that's still further out. So, but this series, I I started to alter the character a bit because um Ellie Cloudy has a girlfriend that's very um supportive of everything he does and is willing to care for him when mm-hmm. he gets into these major accidents. Yeah. And I always wanted that strong female presence with this character, this strong, very caring presence.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um with Asher, it went in the direction of a daughter though. Mm-hmm. And um it sort of became the the I wasn't sure how I felt about that at first, but the dynamics started to just turn into like what my dad and my sister were like, you know,
2: mm-hmm. talking
0: together. And um, it was really, I don't want to say it was easy to channel that because it's never, you know, 100% easy to do that. But like just taking little memories and things that I remember from how they would talk and, you know, interact and work off each other. It was really fun to do that with this book.
1: Because mm-hmm, they do work very well off each other.
0: Yeah. And um, we barely scratched the surface of what I want to do
1: mm-hmm. with them. That's good.
0: Um, and so they sort of solidified and I said, okay, this is their series. Mm-hmm. But um, I didn't want it to just be just the father-daughter duo. Um, so I had these other characters that were coming into my head for a similar project that I realized was just two different ways to tell the same story. Where um, it was this uh, sister pair, uh, Samantha and Jane Bolton, mm-hmm. who were running a gem shop in the middle of the desert, just outside of an already dead town, you know.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I wanted to draw them into something spectacular, yeah. Because I've been really, obviously, I've been really feeling telling desert-centric stories. Really? Yes, and if and admittedly, this one doesn't quite hit that mark in the end. Yeah, it more just has that it's as more a setting. Like
1: desert off-centric.
0: It's like it's a it's just a setting in this book rather than a character in itself. Like I want it to be for other novels, but like, um,
1: like sort of how it was in Michael, where like they were in Palm Springs for a little bit, they did Palm Springs stuff, but then they went somewhere yeah. else.
0: Yeah, that and there's, like, you, you know, you'll read certain books where, like, the setting is part of the character itself, to
1: the mm-hmm. yeah. or
0: to the book. And thrillers and certain things, even international ones, where they go to multiple settings, are very good at that. Yeah. At changing things up based on where you're at and what the setting can influence in that. Yeah. Um, that's that, not necessarily it, what happened with this book, but... Um, It was fun to get writing about something like that because I love all those little shops you can find out in the desert. These little hippie shops out here and stuff.
1: Yeah, and like keeping what you said about like having the setting be like a character in itself. Like that's something I'm also doing with my desert book. Yeah. Where like I'm integrating parts of like the local area, not just like the landscape, but also the wildlife. Exactly. Like they're part of the character as well. Yeah, I'd say
0: that the wildlife makes itself pretty clear in the first yeah. sentence of this book yeah what their influence has been on these people but um all this sort of came together when um i have been looking for more legends to talk about mm-hmm. um in Dencom and other things and write other books about and there were they're the main big ones that i want to talk about at some point further down yeah but um there's also like i really want to tell stories about legends that are very unknown mm-hmm. like things that you might only have a couple references to them in American literature. Yeah, things that you know. If you go overseas, oh yeah, we know all about this and that, and this treasure it's in here and all that. And we're still looking for it. Mm-hmm. We, we, you know, we don't know that here because it just hasn't been brought over. Even in the age of the internet, only a few places um, touched on this specific legend, yeah. which was the legend of the Ten Thousand Treasure Mountain
1: hmm And do you wanna go over
0: that? Yeah. And I will say this for in case I blow it. There's a crash course video that highlights it on the Magical Mountains episode that um is the best way I've seen it done mm-hmm.
1: on like online. Crash, like crash course in history or something like that.
0: Crash course crash course mythology.
1: Crash course mythology, that's yeah.
0: it. So that's that's a good video to go watch. Only half the episode is about that mountain. I think it's the first half. Mm-hmm. But it's the story of this young man who is trying to help feed his mother in the village. Mm-hmm. And um, each day they go out and gather roots to eat. And I won't go over the whole thing, but one day they don't find um, the roots. Um, and there's only enough to feed one of them. And they're going back and forth. You know, he wants his mom to eat his mom wants him to eat. And they find an old man who's lost that um, needs food. So they give it to him. And then Coley gives him a ride back home. Mm-hmm. And when he gets to the old man's house, Coley
1: Um, is the main guy.
0: Yeah, Coley's sort of the main guy of this legend. Mm -hmm. He's given a couple of keys as a thank you, and the old man tells him, this one gets you into the Treasure Mountain, and this one gets you out. And so he goes to the Treasure Mountain, and I'll stop there. Yeah. But that's where the basis is, is this book is about getting into the mountain and finding the keys to get into it. Um, The why of it, you know, the villain and the hero have different whys that draw them together and clash. Yeah. Um in another world they probably would have worked together. Oh in, yeah. my, in my thinking. But I don't know.
1: The one guy wasn't a jerk.
0: If the one guy wasn't a dictator, literally a dictator. killing thousands. Yeah. Dick. Yeah. But um but I felt like that was a good legend to tell this little group story because I already had a story that was gonna be very geologically centric as <laughs> you learn more about the Coley story and everything. Yeah. Um and the wolf story I wanted to tell about finding this. I needed geologists involved. I was like, okay, these sisters would be a great pick. Yeah. For this book. And so I paired them up with the father-daughter team and I had this great dynamic that um, you know, where the daughter's very defensive over dad. I don't go into any kind of romance stuff in this book, so no. don't wait for it.
1: No, but please.
0: I thought about it because I was thinking, what if, you know, that would be a cool way to uh you know. To to add some tension between them and the daughter, and also between the sisters themselves. Mm-hmm. But I realized in this book that really wasn't where anybody's head was going to be at yeah. realistically. Um, and I think one of the sisters would have been more interested than the other. Yeah. And it wouldn't have really led to a led to anything. Really. Yeah. If the one sister went with him, the other sister would be like, "Right, good. Yeah. Cool. Seriously, I've been telling you two for years. Yeah. So I.
1: They're both single.
0: Yeah, they're both single. <laughs> um, and I. I I felt like it was a good match.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so I started telling the story. I this was one of the books that I wrote almost in its entirety here in yeah. California. know of Legends was another one. Um T Rex I wrote most of T-Rex here, I think. Mm -hmm. um but I did this is the first one I finished also here I think I got through like the first scene of this book in Mm -hmm. in Ohio and I ended up changing enough of it after we moved here that it wasn't too similar I in the end without getting too spoiler I'm very happy with some of the twists and turns that came about in this book it was another one like Siron where I had an outline I loved and had the characters basically look me in the face at one or two times and just say this is stupid (laughs) You didn't make us to listen to this and go along with this, mm-hmm. and that's where I had to be like, okay, I guess I got to do something different here. Yeah, and um, I really like those moments because I I feel like they feel very real because if it's in a moment where like I'm able to see the characters don't get it, the audience isn't, you know, there, there there's gonna be that sense of you know, oh, it's for the plot. And there's a few moments in here that are like for the plot, mm-hmm. um, like any book ever. Yeah. Um, but I didn't want to have a book where there would be characters, you know, ever literally just sitting there saying, "Yeah, this is stupid. There was no way we were going to win. How did you? How did you think this was going to happen? How did you? How did, what are you going to do here? How, how did you think we were going to react to this?" Mm-hmm. And th- th- those are some of my favorite moments yeah. when I really see the characters come alive. Because there's one moment in the story where, like. The sisters just look at them both, you know, Asher and Belle, um, the main characters, and they're just like, everything you're doing is stupid. (laughs) Nothing makes sense. And I was realizing, you know, I was keeping something back that made it all make sense. Yeah. That um, was actually a thing that was going to be addressed later in the novel as having happened during the novel. But I realized if I just said it happened in the past and brought this up forward and like have the reveal here, then that makes a whole much more sense for them to be doing everything they're doing. Yeah. But um it was really fun. I I do plan to make this ongoing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um I don't remember when I put in for the second book to be worked on. Yeah. Um I think it's within the next year just because uh, unless this does well, I'll move it up.
1: Mm-hmm. But um, I'm looking forward to the second book.
0: The second book is is a legend that um is starting to get around. I have a feeling that by the time the book's published, it'll be a little more popular.
1: Yeah. Um, it's it's very. It's a very eye-catching legend.
0: It's a very. We're
1: not. I. I don't know if it's even considered a legend.
0: It's one where you go. Wait, huh? What? Huh? huh? I mean, I don't know if it's considered a legend. It's considered something. It's considered something. <laughs> it's considered a thing. Here's. Uh, here's all I'll tell you. There is a certain religious figure mm-hmm. who is who another country claims is buried in their country,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and um, that apparently the apparently has been acknowledged by several different religious areas that are i'm not talking small i'm talking countries
2: mm-hmm.
0: that are like yeah we'll recognize that and i'm like wait hang on you <laughs> said jesus was in your country i i just <laughs> but, okay
2: yeah. there's a
0: there's a country out there that says jesus is buried in our country mm-hmm. not in not where said he was buried mm-hmm. and they're they've actually been acknowledged now at least yeah. once in major ways as mm-hmm. not in an angry way as acknowledging, you know, maybe yep. that is what happens. It, that's going to be a fun one to write. I'm really, yeah, I'm
1: looking forward to that.
0: Yeah, I'm really happy with the plot I have so far. I've started on bits and pieces of it, sort of written the prologue, like the Cussler-esque style prologue mm-hmm. where you go a little bit into the past. Um, and I, I think people will like this book. Yeah. Um, both of these books.
1: I thought if, you were going to say both people.
0: I think, I think both people <laughs> will love the book, man. I think all two of you that will read it is going to love it. Yeah. No, my books are getting read by more than two people, and I'm okay, happy about
1: that. That's your major accomplishment. More than two people have read this book.
0: Yep. So, and it, we should. Everything should be all ready to go. We ordered the proof copy today. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it shows up when it says it's going to show up, as long as everything is um all neat and tidy. Yeah we'll uh we'll be able to put that out within a few days of the ebook being out which is always my goal i'd prefer it be on the same day or a couple days before yeah but um that just doesn't always happen yeah but um we'll see amazon's got this new garbage policy where like they'll let you order your proof and then you approve it and then after that is when they tell you oh we have to make changes here here and here why don't you reorder a proof to see the changes and i'm like
1: didn't we have that with another book
0: we had that i think with t-rex yes okay that was another issue they gave us with Mm t-rex was that we we got done we got the proofs in hand and press publish after amazon already does its little quality check and i'm like why can't you do this before Mm -hmm. (laughs) approving a proof copy you're already doing a quality check it it just makes no sense but i don't know it's uh if by my book, I'm not. I'm not going on another Amazon rant. Yeah. I don't. I don't think I have that. Even idea.
1: though that that gets us downloads,
0: it does get us downloads. I could. Um, we'll just call this episode Sam's pregnant. Sam's pregnant. <laughs> yeah. Sam, i uh, having a book baby.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Call it something like that, so people don't think we're actually going to have a baby.
1: No, but that's that's the nature of clickbait. Oh, okay. It's Science
0: you using your body for clickbait, Sam. Am I using my body for clickbait? Am I impregnated? yeah okay. yeah,
1: i'm using your body for clickbait thank you that's all it's good for oh
0: <laughs> Ouch, man. Ouch. it's good for eating
1: as in i yeah, as in i'm eating you
0: no as in like uh, my body's good at consuming food
1: yeah it is uh-huh <laughs> and it leads you to you not being what's this
0: to podcast to- what are we doing with our lives it
1: leads to you not being able to support your favorite artists <laughs>
0: Yes. Yet again, I went to another place that I wanted to buy stuff and almost everything was over over, I'm fat. (laughs) And the problem is, here's the problem. Like gut-wise, like sometimes I'm fine. Mm -hmm. Like it's a little tight, but that's fine. But like when I'm looking at I'm a I'm a very fat man, but I've got another problem. My shoulders are too big for a lot of shirts. Mm
1: -hmm. Here's a broad man. Yeah, that's why I go for big chest man.
0: Like that's why I still go for like triple. my shoulders not my boobies like my shoulders like so many shirts only go up to like here for me so like I still buy triple x even though double x will fit me usually yeah and I've seen some double x things that go over my shoulders and they're fine but if it like it needs to go over a little bit because if it's gonna ride up into my armpit and I'm gonna look like a what's that thing I look like an elephant seal
1: yeah
0: like an elephant seal and like a tube top that's gone horribly wrong I don't want that I don't want that
1: are you saying that hasn't gone horribly wrong already?
0: what is this podcast?
1: <laughs> oh, it looks like we're almost out of time.
0: Well, I uh, I apologize to our listeners for listening <laughs> to this podcast. Yes, we, we have a new book out. I'm very, yeah. in all seriousness, I'm very proud of this mm-hmm. book. Um, this is the first and hopefully a long running series Yeah. Um, that, you know, I'll, we'll, we'll work some other things in, you know, and it'll be a good book series. Yeah. I think there's gonna be some surprises in this book for casual, you know. Yeah. adventure readers, I think there's going to be a few moments where I don't want to say I I do any subverting, mm-hmm. but I might do a little bit where you're not expecting certain people to do certain things. Yeah. Um there's a couple of cool little twists. Oh yeah. Um
1: and one one in particular, one big one that I really like I would not have seen coming. Yeah. Like so, it like if I was a casual reader, I would not have seen coming at all.
0: Yeah. There's there's a couple that like I'm sure people will have to do a second read mm-hmm. like of that scene we're like wait what did just to do do how but what mm-hmm. hang on <laughs> my words aren't quite back yet i was at altitude for a few days and they're not i'm wording isn't quite my thing today but i'm getting better i actually went walk whacked into my office <laughs> i just whacking on in here no i walked into my office today and actually did some work on stuff it took me a couple of days to to get back to normal but maybe we'll record an episode after this one mm-hmm. right after about, this one. about my magical adventure. Yeah,
1: your magical camping adventure. Like
0: magical camping adventure. Because that was fun and it inspired some writing, so we can talk about that. Yeah. And my thoughts on writing now that I'm back after a few days away.
1: All right. So
0: anyway, in the words of the good Dr. Cecil H.H. H. Mills, who's the best author ever, I can never compete. Buy my book. Mm-hmm. Buy my book. Goodbye. Buy my book.